Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. We have a special bullpen today. I covered a story last week, I broke that story of a young woman who was physically accosted by the police for doing absolutely nothing illegal. We have the exclusive interview with her today. Before I go to this interview, let me remind you of the video we broke. Back. Don't start. Okay. Okay. It sure is. And you're not getting it because I know I haven't did anything wrong. Okay. How many times have I asked you? Please let go of me. What are you doing? Let go of me. Let go of me. It has been determined that she did absolutely nothing wrong. They decided not to charge her whatsoever, but gave her an extreme and traumatic experience, she was doing her job. She's a property manager and she was designated to do exactly what she was doing. The cops decided to roll up on private property, which is a no-no. Okay, Jelana Dunlap, Ms. Dunlap, thank yes. you for joining us. Um, very sorry about what happened. Um, this took place in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yes, sir. Um, we broke the story here later that day after we broke the story the next day, the local news uh, broke the story as well. So this has received significant press. In your own words, because there's video we don't have. I wanna know what happened when you were pulled over or uh, approached by the police. And what happened after you got out of that car that we do not see? Um, so I would just like to start off to say that uh, I was not moving, my car wasn't even crunk. Um, as you said, I was a, a property manager, so I was going to the property to take pictures. Um, I took my pictures, got back in the car, um, put my seatbelt on, put the keys in the ignition. Um, and then that's when I seen uh, one of the officers walking up to me. Um, he was asking what I was doing there and things of that nature. And I was trying to explain to him exactly what I was doing there. Um, after that, uh, they kept asking me for my ID, which I declined. And I declined giving them my ID because I know I didn't do anything wrong. Um, so after that, um, that's when I started recording after his partner walked up on me and opened my car door and was trying to yank me out of the car. Um, after that, 
And you were still handcuffed at that time. I want to make sure I mentioned this for the record. During the time that they're trying to snatch you out of the vehicle and they're saying you're resisting, you were still actually, um, you're in your seatbelt, excuse me. You're in your seatbelt yes. at that time. And then they handcuffed you once you voluntarily stepped out. They then proceeded to put your handcuffs, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. And um, after they were trying to put me in handcuffs, uh, the one detective that you see actually on my recording, she was trying to take my phone out my hand. So mm -hmm. it was literally, she's literally trying to wrestle me to take my phone out my hand to stop my recording. Um, they put me in handcuffs, threw me up against the, the trunk of the car. And after that, um, I started hyperventilating so bad that I started vomiting. Um, after, after that, that's when their sergeant uh, arrived and asked if I needed medical attention, uh, which I declined. Um, they still had my keys, so uh, they released me from the handcuffs, but they still had my keys. Uh, the sergeant went to go talk to the rest of the officers, which that was there, uh, which in total it was about five or six officers at the end of it. Um, he gave me my keys back. Um, and pretty much uh, took pictures of uh, my uh, injuries and stuff like that because she did scratch my hand up pretty good. And I also had swelling on my other hand from where she was gripping on so tight. Um, and after that, I got their names, badge numbers, and um, I left. I do want to note that after our reporting, the police chief, Gina Hawkins, said in a statement that this matter is now under investigation by the Internal Affairs Division. And the investigation, according to the chief, will be expedited. So let me bring let me bring this question to you. When you initially were handcuffed, did you think at that time, I'm going to go to jail for simply being on a property that I am employed to be at doing, doing my job. Did you consider that you would be going possibly going to jail that day for doing absolutely nothing wrong? Yes, I did. And, and the worst part about it is you think you're about to go to jail, but nobody knows that you're about to go to jail. Like you can't get in contact with anybody. You can't call your mom or your sisters, couldn't call anybody. So what was, what was the demeanor of the sergeant? It sounds as if the sergeant arrived, he talks to the cops. He says, you all jacked this up, you messed it up. Uh, she's gonna have to go, no charges, all right? Was that the, the tone of the sergeant or was it different than that? Uh, that was the tone of the sergeant, yes. But uh, the original officers, that was not their tone. Um, so once their sergeant got there, I was actually a little bit more relieved. What was the reason, according to them, for riding up on private property? Um, and, and by the way, North Carolina is not what's called a stop and ID state. All right, we do have states that allow that by statute, Alabama is one of them. North Carolina is not. In other words, if you're not suspected of doing something criminal and the cops see it, they can't just say, hey, give me your ID. All right, right. Now to stop in an ID state. So what was the reason for the encounter according to them? 
Um, they claimed that they had somebody that they were looking for or somebody that ran away from them um, that they was looking for. And um, the officer that I originally that originally approached me that I was talking to, um, he was the one who actually told me that. And to a point to where I said, okay, well, this has nothing to do with me. I probably don't even know who y'all are looking for. And I actually asked if I could leave because I already knew that it could escalate to way worse, which, which happened. Did these officers ever say that you fit the description of somebody they were looking for? Did they say that? Never. Okay, that means they lied. Mm-hmm. All right, so at, at some point your attorneys will be able to uh, say this with certainty uh, that they use that as part of their story to provide the opportunity for interaction. Um, mm-hmm. You went through this ordeal. The video was in your phone. There's other video uh, from these officers that has has not been released totally. Have you seen that video personally yet of these cops and their harassment of you? No, sir. Okay. Have you been given given a timeline as to when or if you will be allowed to see see this video of them assaulting you? No, sir. Okay. This happened on September sixth. Is it's October now, so I'm pretty sure if they really wanted to expedite it, like they say, then they would have done so already. Yeah, and for the record, Indisputable has put in a Freedom of Information request, Open Records Act, etc. With that particular police department, they have failed to respond as of yet. All right, so the uh, the issue for obviously the attorneys, and I know one of your attorneys very well, uh, Harry Daniels, uh, great civil rights attorney, one of the best in the nation. Uh, the issue is going to be, one of the issues will be the fact that you are in handcuffs. It's a violation of due process, all right? That's an elimination of your constitutional right. You were in handcuffs for about how long, would you say? Uh, like a good 15 minutes at least. Okay. And when they put you in handcuffs, uh, did they slam you to the car prior or after you were handcuffed? Uh, before handcuffing me, they slammed me to the car. All right. Now, from the perspective of the video, what it seems as if happened, see, it seems like this to us looking. When you did get out of the car, that's when the male officer decided to get aggressive with you. Is that what happened during that time? It was actually the female officer, mm. the one who started tugging on me first. The, She's she the, was one. the one. Yes. Okay. She tried to get my phone out my hand to stop my recording, and she took off my fanny pack, which was fluorescent. So she seen my ID in there, so she can go in and get my ID. I think it's important for people to know how legit it was that you were there. Can you describe in general terms what your job was that day? Okay, so uh, my boss had got a uh, a, a civil action uh, to, cuz there was somebody that was dumping like trash on the property. So I was going to the property to take pictures of the dump because um, we had already hired somebody to come out there and remove it. So I'm making sure that they did remove it, which they did not. 
So I was going to send them the pictures, email them the pictures of the dump that was still there that needed to be removed. You were there on private property owned by your boss taking pictures because that was your work assignment that day. All of a sudden, cops roll up on you as if you are a criminal. Okay, at this point, it's gone viral. People are talking about it. Major civil rights attorneys have decided to come up and help. Make sure you have justice and these cops are held accountable. How has this impacted your personal and professional life? Uh, well, it's impacted me a lot, actually. Um, so I no longer work for that job just because, um, well, for starters, inflation. So I feel like my life is not worth the amount of money that I got paid. Mm. And second of all, just for my mental health alone, uh, if you if you're traumatized by something like that, where and you still have to go back to that property all the time. Um, it's a very traumatic experience. So I'm not I'm not working right now. Um, I'm trying to manage my health because I do have sickle cell. Um, so dealing with my health when the weather changes is another part of it. Um, it's just been a lot for me. You tried to get a remedy to this. You contacted the police department, you you made noise. Tell us what response you received from the police department before this became a national story. Uh, I haven't gotten any response from them. <laughs> the only responses I've seen is the ones that is already in the news. So I'm I'm seeing their responses as everybody else is seeing it. Nobody has talked to me personally. Are you saying right here that no one from the Internal Affairs Unit has contacted you in their investigation against these cops? Correct. Okay. I know exactly what this in this segment to, because according to some of the political leadership, they are going to make sure justice is served, transparency is met, and is all expedited. But this happened in September, and not one person from Internal Affairs has contacted you. All right, sure. um, Ms. Dunlap, we appreciate your strength. I appreciate it on a very personal level. I appreciate how you um, stood up for yourself. What does that come from? Uh, well, I've always had a hard life, so <laughs> the strength comes from my family, my mom, and and God. Most of all, I pray to God every day to to wake me up in the morning. <laughs> Sister, we are um, thankful for your leadership. Sorry this happened to you, and we're going to continue to follow this story as it develops through the court system, and I'm sure that reforms will take place in that department after this is said and done. Your legacy is connected to making sure other communities are protected. So thank you for standing up. Thank you for getting my story out, making my voice heard. It's what we do, it's our pleasure.